Let me just hop into the intro. Introducing Buckets and Beyond, your friendly neighborhood Mavs podcast. Perfect. From the hashtag Luca for MVP Studio, it's Jay Bonnie, aka Jay Buckets. Starting at point guard. Uh, yeah, it's Ben Seibel, a.k.a. Captain Ben Sano. <laughs> and finally, our guest starting at shooting guard, it's the unofficial Dallas Mavs pregame show host, it's your boy, TGK. So <laughs> what's up, what's up? Welcome. Happy to have you, man. We, uh, we've been seeing you creating all this awesome content on, uh, we've been seeing it on Mass Twitter kind of from afar and just wanted to, to have you on, have your, your perspective and, and hear more from you, man. So super happy to have you. Nah, I'm uh, happy to be here, man. I'm glad y'all reached out. I've, I've been tuning into your, your podcast when, you know, when I do have time from the, ah, doing nice. the pregame shows and stuff. So I've, I've known of the, of the podcast for sure. I, I try to tune into everyone that does content um i look at it as a way to just be you know be locked in with everybody so yeah i've i've, I've known i've known of the podcast man that's that that means a lot we appreciate that I know. um well for let's just let's just jump into it so like for those that may not know you what, what could you give us like your origin story how you got to, to this point where you're, you're a mouse content creator and um t- tell us how you got here man so i've been doing youtube um uh, what for like the last seven years and I started off as like skits uh, with a couple of friends. And then, you know, as you grow up, you know, everybody gets like different priorities and like different ideas, what whatnot. So I was like, I had to, I had to switch it up and go solo in a way. Um, but just kind of be able to create more content that I'm more interested in or, or in a way, I guess, than, not the best way to word it. But uh, I would do like one's off, one offs of like, you know, uh, one videos about a particular topic about the Mavs, little here, little there, talk about the Cowboys. And then I do my own content, you know, reviewing beers and micheladas and stuff like that, right? Then uh, one day, uh, We Talk Mavs, they they invited me to one of their post shows. And I'm on there nervous and all that, like, damn, we're live. Like, I can't edit. I can't edit this, you know? Like, if I record it, I can't go back and edit none of this. Like, anything I say, this is live. Um, I had a, such a good experience. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they brought me on that I was like, well, you know, I've always done mass content here and there. Like, why not... Um, why not do something different? Why not do a pregame show? You know, so I thought of it, you know, tested it a couple of times. And then I was like, all right, I think I found something. It's uh, it's like a niche, like a niche uh, market in a sense, as far as like doing um, a pregame show. Like who does that? Right. There's not many uh, NBA teams where you see like a, a content creator just doing a pregame show in general. You see that for like football teams, but not for basketball teams. And um I was like, you know, as as a way to add to the Mavs content, I was like, let's do a pregame show. That way there's a pregame show. There's watch alongs with slightly biased and other channels. And you got all your postgame shows. So that way, not only for myself to be a part of the community, because I always want to be a part of Mavs community or anything in, in content in general, but also for Mavs fans out there to feel like, dang, I got coverage from be- before the game, during the game and after the game. 
Like you, you can't beat that. And so to me, it's just like my way of being a part of the community and that's where we're at. That's so cool how you kind of started with like with a group and then you kind of found your own lane and then, you know, you got that opportunity and you just kind of like ran with it. That's so cool how you've, and you've come a long way. The, the stuff you've been doing is really cool. And um, uh, just seeing, seeing you on Maps Twitter is, is just, uh, we like to see other content creators like yourselves that, that just keep doing, you know, like find a lane and then just kind of go after it. So that's, that's awesome. I appreciate yeah, bro. I've, I've tuned into some of the pregames before. Like, definitely sick. And it's funny. <laughs> we've been making this podcast for so long. Like, we were we were covering the team, like at the tail end of Dark's career. Like, like we covered Dennis Smith Jr. All that. Like, <laughs> we were keeping up with the Mavs content realm for a while, and and we've had like, I mean, we haven't chatted about it much between us. But I've surely like brainstormed, put little content, put little ideas together, like. Like I've noticed holes in, in, in yeah, like my content hunger, I guess, and um, <laughs> to see somebody else yet to like, to to see the, uh, I don't know, the cause and effect or, or whatever. It's funny to see those holes get filled in like real time, and and to feel that urge yourself and like not quite be able to do it yourself, but also like, yeah, like it's it's really a community thing. It's a, I don't know, it's a it's a content thing. It's a social media thing. Like there's always a, what's the next thing to be doing, you know? And yeah, like you've kind of, you seem like an expert at that, man. Cause yeah, you've got all type of, all, you've done all types of things. I see you reviewing shoes, reviewing music, like live events, doing live vlogs, all types of cool content. In addition to, uh, yeah, jumping into the pregame stuff. It's dope. It's dope. I appreciate that, man. Uh, the, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, growing up, Especially in Dallas. Uh, are y'all both from Dallas as well? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, y'all would probably understand this. It's, you know, growing up, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it was always Cowboys content, man. Like that, yeah. the ESPN, on the fan, any any radio station, because that's where we'd get our local content from. Right. It was always Cowboys content. And if they did have a math segment, segment, there's no way I could find it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and then especially like in the national media, it's always Cowboys. Like, I don't mind it. I know it's annoying for the fan bases, but I'm a diehard Mavericks fan, man. Like, I've grown yeah. up. Uh, uh, I became a Mavs fan, what, in 99, 2000? That's when I started hooping. I fell in love with the game. And they've been, like, the, the team that has shown me, like, the most success in the city. That's, you know, yeah. they've, they've – they've, uh, They've developed the culture, the uh, rowdy, loud, and proud, and just all this. Like, like they've won, man. They've gotten close. They lost. They've broken our hearts. They came back, right. won the championship. <clears throat> they've taken us through all these ups and downs, and it's like they don't get no coverage. Like, and and when they do, it's nice, but you, they need to win a championship to get the coverage. So, um, to me, I looked at it as you know, everyone that is doing mass content. I wish I had that as a kid, you know. Sure. And uh, and now with the whole pregame show i'm 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 very happy with it where it's gone to now but i hope you know someone's out there like man i'm glad that i have this as a mass fan now like maybe there's some teenager out there that's watching all this content like i get all this content different perspectives whether they agree or disagree they're just talking the game and and, and that's awesome so that's kind of how i look at it man yeah it's funny you say that because when we were starting to talk about the idea of having a podcast a lot of our 
I know what my frustration was, was like the, the Cowboys get 99% of the coverage, but they do like 1% of the winning. Like they, <laughs> they don't get the coverage. They get the coverage they don't deserve just because Jerry Jones has marketed the team to this point where they're America's team and, and, and everybody has to talk about them, but they, they don't like, they get the coverage of a winning team when they're not a winning team. Yeah. So like that was my always my that was my thing is that with Mavs coverage, you had to hope that they like spent like ten minutes of one hour talking about the Mavs. Like that was like your best case scenario, and you just prayed that the guy knew what he was talking about. But more often than not, they're just talking it. It's a football guy talking about basketball, which we're biased though, Ben. Like we're we're just old slash young enough to where like like I was born right as we won our last Super Bowl as the cow as the Cowboys as the good Cowboys acting like it was a different franchise so I mean uh, uh, allegedly they were like worth rooting for at some point <laughs> but just not during our just not during our lifetime and if you're a basketball right, so, fan yeah. I think that our like, frustration yeah. was like they don't deserve their coverage they're getting. Like, like if the defensive player is trying on new shoelaces, there's a whole hour segment talking about that. Like they, you know, whereas the Mavs get whatever's left over. So I think the, the like things like like you like things that you that uh, TGK does, things that slightly biased does, or like even like locked on Mavs. I think locked on Mavs has been a big help for me to kind of like, oh, I don't have to listen to Cowboy stuff because I have a Mavs centric thing that I can just tune into knowing that I'm not going to lose any airtime to a team that doesn't serve. I'm, I'm going to start ranting. I keep talking Hail about the Sorry. Um, let's talk about the Mavs. That's what we're going to talk about. So just got to give a quick review, quick recap. So the Mavs had a seven-game winning streak. Then they lost to the Pacers, which they shouldn't have. Then the Cavs needed a miracle to beat them. And then they uh, the Mavs beat the Raptors. And then the Mavs get destroyed on national TV by the Celtics. So, TGK, where are you with this team at this point in the season? Um, it, it's tough to – it's tough to kind – of, as a pregame show host, you always have to be optimistic and find ways and holes in the, the opponents and try to – like, oh, we're going to win today because of this and this and that. And it, it gets tough sometimes. During that seven-game win streak, I was like, okay, Jason Kidd is finally figuring it out. But then – Man, how how do I put this, man? Like, I, I feel the Mavericks – this is how I feel. The Mavericks have the talent to compete for a championship. The problem is they have a head coach who doesn't know how to get them there from a head coaching perspective. And I know he talks about giving them the, uh, the, the, the questions and the answers and all this, you know, talk that he does, which on the surface I'm, I, could, I could see it working – but when you put things into action, when you don't play your center that you traded for, I understand that the, the Boston Celtics are a great team. I understand the, the Pacers, they play with ton, a lot of pace, right? The Cavaliers, whenever you don't play that backup center, you you open up the paint. There, there's so many things, right? I don't want to dive into, like, spe- specifics. But I think the team is probably the most talented we have since 2011. And I just feel that the coach is going to be the biggest X factor keeping us from winning an actual championship. Agreed. It feels like that, right? Just the poor, the confusing, especially uh, like minutes decisions that Mm -hmm. that 
are especially obvious and that the fans are jumping on right now, man. Um, you know, we got Maxi still out playing Gafford and all that. Like you said, it's it's, it's uh it does seem like the poor decisions. I don't know. Like the defense is kind of questionable to me too, man. Like mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm, I'm, I think we're champions. I, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm on the championship train now. That's where my vibes are at. But like, I definitely feel you like kind of worrying about the leadership, the decision-making it's like, whoa, sometimes I don't know. We got to see how, see what they're cooking. I guess we, we still got like 20 games left. So, and we're in the playoffs, like. Well, we're yeah. in the play-in right now, so. Oh yeah, already. Okay. Let's check the standings right quick. <laughs> so, so we're eighth right now, where we're at. I think. What's what's I, This team is weird because we we've had so many injuries and so many like missed games by Kyrie, by by Luca, even a little bit by Derek Lively. So by the time everybody. Like that, like the Celtics game was the first game where everybody was available and healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's like in the first time in a long time, and then getting these new guys, I think, um, I think it's hard. It, I think we're we're hoping that the new guys and and the old, you know, the, we just hope that there's like it's hard to build consistency and and that continuity when like. Some people have just come back from injury, like your ex. And some people are just new to the team, like your PJ Washington. And I feel like Kid is gonna in that uncertainty. He's his default is, oh, I'm gonna go with the known air quotes. I'm air quoting right now. Um, the, the known qu- quantity or the commodity, I should say. So I'm gonna go with Maxi because I trust him, and he's you know, he's delivered in the past. Uh, or I'm gonna go with Tim Hardaway Jr. because. <laughs> But like things like that, I, I think he just he just leans on those things rather than like, oh, I'm gonna give Hardy some run maybe just to mix it up, or I'm going to, you know, give Gafford this time. Um, I think, and then the last thing I'll say about it is like with the Celtics, like they are a super team. Like there's like we there was a difference, a, a big difference in talent between our our squads. Um, so I, I don't think we necessarily like so we're supposed to win that game. But I think when he makes certain choices like that Maxi, when we have four other guards or, you know, play Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, and then all next thing you know, they just mismatch him, you know, off the court or whatever. Those things take us out of games that we might have a shot at. And hope, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. Because here's the thing, right? So the idea with Maxi is the fact that you could play five out offense. And then you can also guard the perimeter, right? Because the whole issue is that Gafford plays drop coverage and that allows, you know, for any uh, point guard or shooting guard, whatever, with the rock off of a pick and roll, it's going to give them a wide open three. Got it. I totally understand that that's the concern. The thing is, if you're, if, if the concern uh, offensively, for one, if you're playing five out offense is really ISO ball, it's hero ball at the end of the day. Uh, so, what does that really do? It just allows us to see Luca and Kyrie's uh, greatness in the ISO format, right? That's great to see, but is it winning basketball? I don't know. Uh, so my thing with Gafford is I think it allows better balance, right? I think the Mavericks have to develop a better balance. And I think if regardless of, you know, Gafford plays drop coverage, these guys in the NBA, they're going to make shots regardless. You got to have a punch going back 
against their defense. When you put Kleber out there expecting him to hit threes, he's not hitting them like that anymore. And the difference with Gafford, if you look at the OKC game, when Gafford got in there, I think, um, am, am I correct or am I wrong? But Chet, isn't that like a five-out offense, right? Chet is going to – he could shoot. So there was no issue with Gafford playing against Chet that day, right? Yeah. And, and Gafford bullied. Gafford got offensive rebounds. Gafford yeah. had an impact. What happened? <laughs> what happened? I, and I have to laugh to keep from getting even angrier or crying or whatever the case may be, but <sighs> – Gafford gives you a punch on the offensive side from getting rebounds, giving you second opportunities and putting up baskets that say a Kleber doesn't do. Kleber doesn't get you the rebounds. The issue that happened in the Western Conference Finals is we couldn't get rebounds. We couldn't get defensive stops to prevent the second opportunities that the Warriors got. Right. What is putting Kleber out there in four guards going to do? Like, it it makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I I know Jason Kidd's smart. And I don't want to call him anything other than that, but it, I question the the intelligence behind the, the 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 mindset of the the rotations that he's putting out there. It's like you got to have a punch. And yes, here here's the last thing I'll say about this. I understand Kleber addresses a a small issue with Gafford because let, let me let me then twist it this way, right? So let's say NBA two K, right? Let's say Gafford's perimeter defense is at a 55 right what's Kleber's 68 70 maybe is that much of a difference <laughs> you know well, so, yeah. <laughs> I think what what kind of killed us especially with those with the four basically four guards with Kleber is you have no room for error and you're throwing up threes so if you're throwing up threes you no one's no one from the Mavs is going to get the rebound because he's not big enough, and Maxi, that's not his jam. That's not what he's good at, right? Right. So like we're down ten, throwing up bad shots, like it, 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 it like that's what buried us, and 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 stuff like that. I feel like that's where a kid lacks the um, he lacks the the humility to be like, all right, this was a bad plan. I'll let's go with Plan B. He seems like he just digs his his beat in like oh no we're gonna we're gonna either they figure this out or they just didn't implement it or whatever oh yeah he doubled down me. <laughs> like <laughs> maxi's credit when I'm, I'm noticing this just now when he takes shots we win games but when he takes enough shots we win and he he makes his shots he's shooting almost 50 percent um at least in the last at least in this year right um so I mean, but he's also rebounding at a way lower clip. Like his hustle, his his um his like his positioning and stuff. Um, I, like I just wish that all stuff is not where you where Gafford is. But even okay, so if you have Gafford or you have uh, Lively in his place, you have a lob threat. You have a better overall defender. You have an um like. I just feel like instead of trying to shoot threes, which we're, we're kind of hit or miss with, I wish we would embrace like, hey, we're athletic. Let's just get some yams and and build off that or set picks and, and get people more open. But I don't know. Maybe. You, know the, you know, the offense that was successful is that pick and roll with Lively, you know? Yeah. It was Li- like Lively, great, yeah. Li- Lively had a great game, like pick and roll into to the basket. Both he and Gafford could do that. Kleba – he um he's he's injury riddled. My thing with playing him so many minutes, you're gonna you're gonna not have the ability to do the five out offense because you're gonna play him so much, run him thin, get him injured. Um, and so 
with uh, the idea with Gafford, I feel like the way the rotation should go, it should be Lively and Gafford at the five, PJ and Kleber at the four. Keep Kleber at 16 minutes tops if you want to keep him healthy. And I've been saying this for, what, almost two and a half years now. Anytime you play this man over 20 minutes for a good amount of time, he's not going to last, man. This man's going to break. I love Kleber. Like, I mean, we all, you know, become, you know, these super fans of these players. But right. ever since we traded Dodo, all all hands off deck. I do not care. And you brought Gafford here. We've been talking about how bad we want centers. And when we get them, we don't even utilize them. Like, it's like a like you slapping me in the face, Jason Kidd. Like, why, bro? Why, man? Like, you literally saw when you had won the championship in 2011 when you had a center. Yeah. Like, we never we never played. I don't I don't recall ever playing small ball five in the 2011 championship. Like, I don't recall that. I, re- I recall playing Jason Kidd at the two and, Ber- and Beret at the one to alleviate some pressure. But I don't I don't recall playing smaller. And in this NBA, when you're playing against teams like the Celtics, and I understand, uh, I think Nick Angster said he was like, "Well, you know, if you're if you're mad about Kid Taj and Kleba, that means you're overlooking the Celtics." No, no. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. The moment you play, you play around with 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 these lineups, that means you're underlooking their impact and what they do. The fact is, you don't want to waste minutes out there. One to two minutes in a in a game at a in a crucial moment collapses you and that's what happened when we were down to you put THJ out there with Luca and Kyrie we talk about defense right those three aren't the greatest defenders if you if you had Exum and Green with Luca and Kyrie it's a little different but then when you put Maxi out there with all the guards after they hit two threes in a row it just spiraled and snowballed and I'm just like what are we doing man yeah I think Jason Kidd likes what I he likes Maxi and Kyrie playing together uh, because I, I think that's a that's a good combo in some scenarios. He does open. I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's kind of like you said. It's a matter of minutes count, and that's got to be where this team makes a change to like really look like a winner, at least in my casual eyes. Because yeah, a um, yeah, you know. Jay, let, let me ask you, Jay. Are when you, if you're playing against the Mavericks, right? Say you're any other team. When you look at that roster, you're like, are you more scared of Gafford or are you more scared of Kleba? Oh well, Gafford. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but, like I said, they have different skill sets, right? Like, right. Like, we're sacrificing. You know, we're, we're. I think I think the main thing is like you're asking a lot from Maxi. Yeah. You're asking for him to be the back yeah. line yeah. to like watch like when somebody's setting a pick and if he gets switched on a pick, you know, then they've got the one of our small guards, you know, guarding one of the best players or whatever. So like I think that Maxi in itself isn't bad. It's when you give four of your guards, uh, like put put him on the court with four of the guards, and then th- mm-hmm. that's just not going to set you up for success. Like in general with rebounding, overall defense. Like, it's just, it's like if you have Maxi and Gafford or Maxi and like Lively, Lively. It, that's that, not, I don't know. That makes, then that would make more sense. It's just like, because uh, I was watching that game very closely because throughout the entire week, I was like going back and forth with people about Gafford, right? And uh, I was watching that, four, that first quarter closely. And Gafford, I believe he blocked either Tatum or Brown at the rim. He followed them from the perimeter. 
Uh, he guarded up on the perimeter. He didn't play drop coverage. Um, and I understand, yeah, they they made bro, they made shots on everybody. Yeah. It wasn't like Kleba was out there stopping anybody. Right. Um, but, but like, I feel like Kleba's at his best when he's a help defender, right? Like when right. you have a big that gives the initial like pushback, and then Kleba kind of comes out of nowhere and you know gets mm-hmm. a block or something. I feel like when you just have him as the main defender guy, the anchor, that's not, <laughs> defender guy, it's not sending a it's lucky yeah. matchups, man. Like <clears throat> my conclusion, I, I like the I like the Maxi Kyrie D Live line. Um and I think it's a matchup thing. Like if 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 Maxi can put up if Maxi can give space for guys to penetrate and shoot, get a couple blocks, and if he you know steals a couple three pointers, we win the game. Yeah. So I don't know. It's gotta be um maybe their matchup, maybe their matchup hunting or something. Like it's gotta be something like that. Said, yeah. And that, I mean that Celtics team is just insane because they match up hunted a lot with us. Mm-hmm. They like they kept going at Luca a lot. They went at THJ a lot, um, uh, Kyrie for sure. Um and I just kind of felt like we don't have the defenders for these guys like pj can only do so much uh on the perimeter and you're hoping that dante axum can you know stay with him a little bit but that team is just insanely stacked like for real man they've got kp they got kp they got jalen brown they got you know jason tatum you know Derek white oh yeah and they also have drew holiday like but it, they they also had what like sixty some points in the in the paint. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they they got around sixty. So it wasn't like they just hit a hundred percent of their shots were came from three. You know, You're so right. we had we had no we had no paint resistance because mm-hmm. we had Kleba out there. If you had Gafford out there, you know that man's gonna get blocks. He's gonna deter shots, and right. and and maybe you you shave ten points right from the paint. I don't know what the score would have been, but it would have looked closer, and you probably would have had a better chance. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a 10-point loss instead of a 28-point loss, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, we'll see. I mean, do, do you think um, – what do you think about, like, the Kyrie of it all? I had, I had a feeling that this might be a game that he just, like, stepped up in, kind of like when we played New York uh, at home last time, when it was just him – and Luca was out, and they could just balled out against the Knicks. I thought this might be one of those things where he, he like steps up, but he he kind of I think some of the racism got to him. Well, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, I think uh, he's been playing great, man. Since the since he since coming back from injury, been right. playing great. Uh, this is one of the best defensive teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, match sure up this... with him really well. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm pretty sure the fans got to him. He's human at the end of the day. Um, now I'm racist. So, <laughs> we have a we have like a whole Celtics folder. <laughs> Celtics buttons ready to go. Man, I need to update my soundboard, but uh, for some reason my laptop be having issues with it, so I can't use it as much. But but no, man, he, he's been playing great. He's, he was due like a bad game, right? Um, he's not Luca where. Luca can't have a you know sub 20 game and and you know and not be vilified for it but you know Luca's always going to get you a 30 regardless whether it's it's a good game by the Mavs or a bad game but 
he was due for a bad one, and uh, unfortunately, he picked the Boston Celtics to to, to show up. And uh, but he, he definitely didn't help not being Kyrie. Yeah, but I think I think in the long term we'll be fine. Uh, the rest of the season, um, with with him and the way he's been playing, he's been playing great, man. Uh, to be honest. So what what I'm kind of wondering, and you can you you probably follow this closer than I do, but the the whole um, narrative around Luca and MVP, right? Like we've got we're an eighth seed. He's playing like out of his mind, almost averaging a triple double. Where where do you stand on that? Does he even deserve to be in the discussion, or is it or or what do you think? I just I I don't think that the NBA likes or the Mavericks at all. Um, if you think of the whole Kyrie situation, we traded for him. So then, the, you know, the NBA and the the league and the media kind of uh, switched their pessimism towards the Mavs. I think uh, I think there's already like a rooted uh, thing against Luka. It just feels like that. You know, the fact that you got national media people. And the only reason I'm going to mention their names, Stephen A. and uh, Kendrick Perkins, national is because they media. have – culture like when you think about like off the court national media culture they probably want to like cut the like they probably really want to cut the maps out like yeah. as you know like nowadays they probably really want to be quiet like yeah we got this like kind of big european douche and we got uh <laughs> um radical Kyrie. yeah man like yeah, they, man. They almost it's like an unfortunate like like thing they can't even control really <laughs> yeah you would have thought getting the new owner and their background would have uh, balanced things out right but uh i guess it yeah. doesn't <laughs> uh <laughs> but no to, to to the whole Stephen a and kendrick perkins point like these guys have a vote on the mvp kendrick and has so, a there's no way kendrick has a vote yeah please tell me he does oh my god yeah they got they got votes and those man. things out to anybody and and so whenever whenever oh. they're on national media saying the things that they say that that's where it gets dangerous because they're talking about the best player on the best team. Stephen A has never voted in the last five years the best player on the best team. So that that criteria don't make sense. Uh, Jokic won MVP as a sixth seed, and Luka was a fourth seed, right? So because of Jokic's team being injury-riddled. Well, our team has been injury-riddled all season, and mm-hmm. Luka's nowhere near top five in the MVP right. ranking. So to me, um, it's going to take some kind of legendary Wilt Chamberlain stat line kind of year for Luka to even be considered. <laughs> it is what it is, man. I, I think I like Lucas' focus is that he wants to win a championship, and that should be our, our focus. Um, but the more you watch these games, the more you watch Kid. It's like I think Kid is going to be the biggest inhibitor. Is that the correct word of Luka Doncic's career, That's man? Right. And Why? we got we got to find a way to get away from Jason Kidd, man. And and he favors my brother, bro, so much. For the first three years, I was like, Nah, man, Kid's good. Kid's good. That. In my head, like that's my brother, man. Who y'all talking about? Damn, dude. Yeah. Are y'all related? That's why they where the kid is from, like y'all are cousins or something. Nah, nah I wish, I wish. Like, you know, <laughs> my, my my brother, uh, NBA legend, you know, but no, nah, he, he favors my brother, he looks like him. And uh, you know, I, I was a Jason Kidd fan uh, uh for a long time, and I've sure, studied the, the way he dribbles like, up the court to avoid like the pressure. You know, he switches one way, yeah. switches the other way just to keep the, the defender off him at the at half court. Uh, love kid, but it's just like now I, I can't be blind to it, and it's just like the coaching. Coaching matters, bro. Coaching matters. Coaching matters, but I, as much as I want him gone too, like I think we, like you have to, especially after being like tenth seed last year, 
you know, you can't like take another step back. And I feel like we might have, we might be stuck with him until both like Kyrie and Luca are be like, nah, he's not going to get us to the next step. And they both agree on it. Cause if, if we like win a first round series, he's going to stay, you know, there's no way around it. I don't know, man. This is pretty easy to me because like if I'm an admin at the Mavs, you got to look at it. Like we had one season with kid. We conference, you know, almost, you know, dark horse almost made it to the finals. Right. And then we had a season where team got better. Da, 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 like rebuild year, I guess you could call it successful rebuild year, like tanked, like, like we had both we've, 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 been, we've been to the deepest valley and the highest mountaintop in our in our recency right mm. so i feel like now is the stage because we got the squads well, here. He's, so he's got right so he's got the squad now right mm. so we shouldn't have any excuses so if he loses continues we don't make it this squad, squad, i'm ready to act him but like then... oh, I think we need to let it ride until then personally nah, I, I yeah I'd re- yeah i'd get rid of him expeditiously but Back to the MVP conversation, like I was talking about, like, I, I kind of agree with where, where you're coming from, where you could tell the national media doesn't like Luca because he complains. They, like, hate that. They think it's very obnoxious, and that kind of overshadows how great he's playing. And then they'll, like, make snide comments or, or whatever. And, like, he's putting up ridiculous stats, like the best stats he's had in his whole career, but, you know, we're we're obviously not we're we're eight seed so like they'll just default to that oh yeah they're eight seed that and so his his stats don't hold any value and i i'm afraid that we're past the point where he can really seriously be considered and we just kind of have to hope for next year that he keeps this kind of keeps this up while we are healthy and winning Mm -hmm. um because i think that the national media doesn't want to hear that oh y'all had so many injuries or whatever like that, yeah, I don't think they care enough to look into that. Because think of the think of the reaction to the seventy three point game. Right, yeah, met, that's the biggest indicator. It, yeah, like like if it was like if it was met with like praise and like yo, this is the next coming of one of the next greatest players of all time. Like it was when Kobe got his eighty one. Yeah, the the prior the same week earlier in the week with Joel Embiid, like the 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 reaction to his 73 point was damn near disrespectful and, and he does it ways. ethically too but they overlook yeah. that and they just yeah that's... the the most efficient 73 point game of all time the most like if luca had the shot attempts kobe had in his 81 luca probably would have had 100 you know <laughs> so <Perfect>. like <laughs> so i'm just um i, I, I i'm not going to put i hope it doesn't on. Go what ahead. I'm telling myself is that I hope that we just like he balls out in the playoffs and then just shuts everybody up and then yeah. we we can take it to that like oh you're gonna have to talk about Luca because he's he knocked out your favorite player or whatever Thanks. like like you're shy or or who or aunt or whoever it is <laughs> um, but um, uh, we got running out of time gotta let you go but tell everybody where they can find you TGK so y'all can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Garcia Kid the kid is with two D's underscore the garcia kid underscore you can also find me on youtube at tgk tv uh if you're interested in mass pregame shows i usually am on live one hour before tip off talking all things mavs and we have a segment now and again i always tell the people that comment they're the host the co-host of the show at that 
man, it's so great to have you. I'll, I'll, we'll have to have you on where we can get, get some more time, man. It's, it, it's been a blast. Uh, uh, you can, everybody can find uh, us on Instagram at Buckets and Beyond, and then on Twitter at Buckets Beyond. Uh, check us out on Spotify. Give us a five star review. Does this pod deserved it? I mean, obviously, we're not the guest, but thank you all for listening. We are out of here. Adios. See you later. Thank you, guys. No problem, man. Peace Thanks out, for man. Thanks. Thanks, Chief.